Okay, um, as you can see, um, these are um, some of the images involved with Lyndon Johnson in the exhibit. Um, today I'm not going to talk so much about his presidency or even his vice presidency, but his time as majority leader in the Senate. Um, just first of all, a note about the images here. Um, he's featured with Theodore Green, who was a senator from Rhode Island, um, who in 1957, uh, at the time these pictures were taken, uh, was actually an ally of Johnson's. Uh, so uh, if you think, oh, well, this is how he treats some of his friends, imagine if you really disagreed with him. He was also 90 years old at the time of these photographs, so he certainly held nothing back for age or, or um, friendship. Uh, Johnson was incredibly ambitious and knew exactly what he wanted from the very beginning. He wanted to attain the presidency. It's something he always had in mind, whether or not he vocalized it right away or not. Um, by the age of 29, he was elected to Congress for the first time and um, managed to catch the eye of Franklin Roosevelt, as you can see here. Um, quite impressive for a freshman congressman uh, to catch the eye of the most powerful man in America, certainly, if not the world. Um, he was a loyal supporter of um, Roosevelt's New Deal policies and also um, fashioned himself off of Roosevelt, um, thus the LBJ moniker that go after the FDR um, idea in his career. Um, in 1941, uh, just four years after running for Congress, he made his first attempt at running for the Senate. And uh, in Texas, politics were nothing if not corrupt at the time. Um, it was pretty much a standard and expected. And it was, it's likely that the Senate seat in 1941 was stolen from Johnson, um, although this is not to say that he was not guilty in his campaign from stealing votes as well. He just didn't come out on the winning side then. Um, so after that, um, Johnson stayed in Congress, bided his time, um, but the time was not wasted. Um, during this time, he uh, became friends with Sam Rayburn, who was uh, Speaker of the House for 17 years, um, very influential, um, just as he did with Roosevelt, and then later uh, Richard Russell, Senator from uh, Georgia. He was mentored by these men. They taught him a lot about the parliamentary procedure of the Senate, um, how the rules worked, how he could use those rules to uh, further his agenda um, or hamper the agenda of others um, to use them to further his cause. Um, by the time it was 1948, his next chance at running for the Senate, he was not going to lose this time. That simply wasn't an option. Um, one of the reasons for this was the Johnson men were known to die in their uh, 50s, early 60s um, from heart failure, and Johnson lived his whole life with the sense of inevitability that he was going to die fairly young, so that's the accelerated timetable he worked on um, and was doing pretty well at. Um, so uh, with the election of 1948, uh, it was so close in the Democratic primary that it led to a runoff election um, between himself and Coke Stevenson, who was a very popular former governor of Texas. And it came down to 87 votes was the margin that was certified in the election. Um, 
However, it's pretty much accepted today that Johnson's supporters and friends stole the election um, <laughs> through. In some cases, ballots simply disappeared. In others, they reappeared. There's a popular example of um, 202 votes that uh, were cast um, right as the polls were closing in alphabetical order, and all the signatures were in the same handwriting. So in an election that comes down to 87 votes, 202 is quite significant. Uh, also, the, the election board that certified this result was um, a vote of 29 to 28. So even there, uh, it was very close election, um, thus leading to his nickname that haunted him the rest of his life of Landslide Linden, uh, used very ironically. Um, but nonetheless, however he ended up getting there, he did uh, reach the Senate and within his first term was um, elected minority leader because um, the Democrats were in the minority at the time and then within two years became the majority leader of the Senate, um, the youngest the Senate has had at the age of 46. So again, that accelerated timetable that um, he was doing quite well at. Um, in the Senate, Johnson was an absolute power um, that no one dared, <laughs> dared interfere with most of the time. Um, there's countless stories of staffers and even fellow senators that operated in absolute fear of the man um, with good reason. Um, he was not above scheduling meetings across town for senators to prevent them from coming to a vote, scheduling trips, even outright blocking them from entering the chamber if they weren't going to vote his way. Um, even when the vote was called, he would stand in front of the Senate clerk who was calling the roll and would have hand signals to either speed up the roll or slow it down if the proper balance was, of votes was not in the chamber at that moment. And they listened. They did exactly what he wanted. Um, there was never a moment where he was not exactly in control of um, when a vote was taking place. And this was all if they didn't agree with him, if his personal version of persuasion, the treatment, didn't work. Um, as you can uh, see from some of these labels, the, the treatment was described by um, colleagues and journalists very vividly as um, a St. Bernard licking your face for an hour or as a tidal wave. Um, <laughs> it, it was a very, very physical experience. Um, one of his favorite um, tactics was to trap a senator in the Senate cloakroom on one of the big plush couches were already sinking down into the couch and he would sit next to them and we would put his arm around them, put his leg up, grab his ankle so he's completely enveloping him, the senator, in his six foot four, 200 pound frame and not let up until the senator saw things his way, um, completely trapped. Um, I have another quote that um, describes the, the treatment. Um, its tone could be supplication, accusation, conjolery, exuberance, scorn, tears, complaint, a hint of a threat. It was all of these together. It ran the gamut of human emotions. Its velocity was breathtaking. It was all in one direction. 
Interjections from the target were rare. Johnson anticipated them before they could be spoken. He moved in close, his face a scant millimeter from his target, his eyes widening and narrowing, eyebrows rising and falling. From his pocket poured clippings, memos, statistics, mimicry, humor, and the genius of analogy made the treatment an almost hypnotic experience and rendered the target stunned and helpless. And this was an everyday occurrence for whoever may uh, happen in his path. But um, this sort of 24-7 uh, work ethic that Johnson had took its toll, and in 1955, what he feared the most came true in the first of three heart attacks that he had throughout his lifetime. Um, it was very serious, uh, almost killed him, but his first concern was how it would affect his chances of becoming president. And it did affect it. Um, the public was worried about you know, a man who had almost died, and it's kind of ironic considering what we know now about Kennedy's health and how many times um, he almost died but was considered the picture of health. Um, even if it had not been for his health, Johnson uh, was sort of dismissed as a presidential candidate because he was from the South. And at the time, anyone from the South was pretty much dismissed as an option for the presidency. It wasn't even considered. Um, so despite being as powerful as he was, um, in 1960, uh, John F. Kennedy was the Democratic nominee for the Senate. Um, despite the fact that Kennedy had been a minor senator under Johnson his entire career, where Kennedy even admits himself that he couldn't have anything um, be accomplished without having um, Johnson's go-ahead and blessing on whatever legislation he wanted passed. Um, it, was, it was very much the roles reversed when Kennedy asked Johnson to uh, be his vice president. Um, it's very arguable that uh, Johnson exercised more power as Senate Majority Leader than Kennedy ever did as President, um, as though <laughs> that may be, seem hard to believe. Um, Johnson's um, passage of uh, bills was very impressive, and even a Kennedy aide um, explained once that while Kennedy would let a senator off the hook if the senator said, no, I can't vote for this, my constituents wouldn't like it, Johnson would absolutely refuse to understand the senator's perspective. He would, he would, he would play dumb. He would, he would refuse to understand the perspective until the senator would agree to vote his way. And this is how he passed bills. This is how he was so successful using the treatment and those kind of tactics that passed the Civil Rights Bill of 1957, um, that later passed the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Um, this is how he got things done. And uh, when Kennedy asked him to be vice president, he obviously wasn't too thrilled about the idea. But he was also had in mind this, this timetable that he had in his mind that he didn't have a whole lot of time. And whoever Kennedy picked would dictate who would be the president in eight years after Kennedy. And he didn't think he had, that was his last chance. Is, was in eight years after Kennedy had his two terms. Uh, so he had to say yes. That was his last option. So he said yes, but of course, um, as we all know now, um, he ended up not having to wait eight years. But anyway, um, that's just a little about um, Johnson as the powerful majority leader.
in the Senate. So, any questions? Is this from the Robert Carroll? Um, some of it, yes. Master of the Senate is very good. Um, I have read a lot of it. It's, it's about this fat, too, so I haven't gotten through all of it. But it is a very good book, Master of the Senate. Mm -hmm. Um, Richard Russell was a senator from Georgia that um, mentored Johnson, and Russell really should have been the majority leader. He had been in the Senate a lot longer, um, but he preferred to handle things from more behind the scenes, um, pull the strings from behind the scenes, exercise his power that way, and it was his approval, his go-ahead that... Um, that voted Johnson into the position of majority leader. And so even though Johnson was the one who had the power, that's true, um, Russell had a lot of the advice that he would go to. It's like, all right, I want to, I want to get this done. What, what, can, what maneuvers can I use um, in the Senate to get this done? Um, so um, it was really Russell that had a lot of the knowledge. I don't think he would have um, um, been too quick to acknowledge the help of others. I mean, even with, even with his campaigns where we know that through his supporters, we don't know how much Johnson necessarily knew about what they did to steal the elections for him. He was more like, I don't want to know. And so I think a lot in his mind in those cases, like, I did it myself. I did this. You know, eight, 87 votes, yes, I won. <laughs> Um, and with Kennedy, now, <laughs> I mean, he was really surprised that Kennedy picked him. He, he was shocked. Many people were shocked. Many people, people told him to say no to Kennedy. They thought it was a bad idea. Um, but Kennedy needed Johnson. Um, I mean, he was the, the northern Massachusetts Catholic um, boy, and he needed he needed the most powerful person um, in the party, or otherwise he wasn't going to win. Uh, so even even there, I think Johnson maybe even thought that that he won that election. But I mean, I don't know for sure. Well, actually, by getting Texas right, and and there again was another example of a really close election between Nixon and Kennedy and. You know, there could even be theories that that election was stolen for Kennedy, but, but um, it's hard to say. I think John 